1: Right. Welcome to Out of the Blue from Maze & Brew, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network, a podcast that will tear through your soul like a pack of drag queens at a wig sale. I am Jared Stormer of mazeandbrew.com With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate, and you prehistoric charlatan with the stamina of Steve Prefontaine and the fourth best tattoo sleeve in America.
2: <laughs> Sir, what an introduction, and I get to say this face-to-face to to you we're here in person live i mean for the second time in as many months feels good
1: let's see you let's go sir what a great 2022 2023 for us we've uh, gotten to do a couple of these gotten to hang out a bunch i am privileged sir to be in your kitchen got a couple beers in front of me tuesday night 10 30 on my way to tampa figured i'd swing on through record a podcast talk about some michigan with you and uh my enthusiasm is high
2: enthusiasm is very high, especially for sports, you know, like women's basketball, football, hockey, maybe not so much men's (laughs) basketball, not you. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, well, we'll get to that later, but there's still a lot of good news to touch on, on the football field on the hockey ice and even the NFL level this week. We got some news and let's get into it. Let's do some quick hits here. First
1: one on the football field, Kirk Campbell has been promoted to quarterbacks coach. He was in an off field analyst role at Michigan last year. Prior to coming to Michigan, was serving as offensive coordinator at Old Dominion. Um, he was at Penn State for a while, bounced around a little bit. Don't know a ton about this guy. Initially, I thought this was the guy from Step by Step that does all the Jesus movies. Uh, it is not. This is our new quarterback's coach. And I, I do like the idea of promoting from within. I think we've got some good talent on the staff. So how do you feel about this one?
2: Damn, I was going to say I loved him in growing pains. But- <laughs> oh yeah,
1: growing pains, not Step by Step. My, my bad.
2: But different. Guy, uh, I'm with you though. I like the continuity of staying in house. I believe the move was very popular with JJ McCarthy. Uh, apparently, it's rumored to make a good first impression with Jaden Davis as well. So, as far as the present and the future is concerned, I do like the move
1: man, this is all about the relationships with those two guys. Uh, It's about the relationships, and it's about the development of J.J. McCarthy. He has one more year at Michigan. That is an NFL quarterback. If Will Levis is a first-round quarterback, that's a first-round quarterback. So this is about getting him to take that next step building a good relationship with him, and then the future. You mentioned Jaden Davis there. That is a huge get. That is a must-get for Michigan right now. So getting somebody in there to get that recruitment going and having somebody that I assume probably already has some ties. You mentioned that he was already in on Jaden Davis. Do you
2: know if he was recruiting him before the promotion I'm not sure how the analyst role in that capacity works with that, like what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Um, I know the coaching is normally you're not allowed to really be too hands on. so I don't know how that applies to recruitment as well. So maybe he just now got on the trail. Maybe he was able to communicate somehow, maybe not in person or out on the road. But as long as Jaden Davis still likes him, that's all I really care about because Matt Weiss is a thing of the past.
1: Yeah, Matt Weiss, we don't even talk about him. I wonder if this was the analyst that was discussed in the NCAA investigation. Uh, We know there was an analyst that was doing some type of
2: illegal coaching. Uh, Maybe this is our guy. I don't know. It's one of them, but... (laughs) It wasn't this guy because he just got here recently. He was at – I think he was still at ODU and all that. Apparently it was a – It was COVID year, yeah. Yeah, as a former analyst that did it. I think he was reporting – maybe he's a little salty, but we don't talk about him. All my family hates that guy. Yeah, that guy (laughs) sucks.
1: Let's just throw it on Josh Gaddis. Nobody likes
2: that guy. Yeah, what's Josh Gaddis going to do now? Where where do you think he goes next year? Does he remain at the Power Five in some capacity? I was thinking of Pep Boys. (laughs) (laughs) I I could honestly see the – like going backwards and going back to Alabama in some capacity. As like an
1: analyst yes. or a quarterback, yeah. like he needs to take a step back. His reputation, I mean, if we're hearing about this just through the channels that we have access to, yeah. it must be pretty bad because I've heard this from multiple like confirmed sources, credible sources, that nobody likes the dude, just rubs <laughs> people the wrong way, and really not the offensive guru we thought he was.
2: It's not great to be known nationally as a scumbag. Right? Yeah, it's just like
1: uh, Josh Gattis, offensive coordinator and known scumbag. <laughs>
2: Like, how do you walk into an interview now and the whole situation, his departure at Miami, where he was apparently gone from the team the last month already, and then was just slowly like, for it is weird. It's he weird. looks awful in this. But I mean, I always look when a coach is hired, how the previous fan base reacts. Are they celebrating or are they a little bit distraught? Right. And we were like, I'm kind of fine with this because we knew Sharon was really running the show. And it's his promotion that like pushed everything up. We were more devastated about losing McDonald. But I mean, now we're mentor heads, so that was just fine with us. But like Gaddis was never that big of a loss to us.
1: No, and that's a great point. Like, how does the fan base react? I really like that because we were all like, All right, well, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Like, you were good, <laughs> but we were gonna do this without you. And the speed and space thing was really just a lot of it, it was a lot of fan it's a political slogan yeah it is a political perfectly that's put, what it is it was a political slogan yep exactly uh next quick hit here we have our super bowl matchup set it's going to be the one seeds kansas city versus philadelphia that means we got brandon graham versus mike dana and frank clark michigan as d-line you uh strongly represented here that like the best chance you're going to get to see a michigan player in the super bowl. Now that Tom Brady has yes. lost uh, most of his vacular fat out of his cheeks is probably on the defensive line. So who, who do you like in this matchup? Who are you pulling for? And, uh, who do you think is the most impactful player of that group in the Super Bowl?
2: Uh, most impactful player of that group is Brandon Graham. BG is outstanding and still just turning out at a high level. He's been in the league for over 10 years now, so it's awesome to watch him still produce at this level. I have a lot of Birds fans in my life, man, I'm not going to lie. A lot of Eagles fans around me, so in close circle. So I want them to be happy. So I think I'll be pulling for the Birds. Uh, give me something uh, something different to see instead of um, Patrick Mahomes getting another one. And also Jalen Hurts, man, redemption story. Getting benched in a national championship. Transferring and to do this and win a Super Bowl, that'd be so cool to see for him. Yeah.
1: Hertz has got some like early Russell Westbrook in him where he's just like, oh, all right, like you doubt me. I'm just going to get better. I'm going to outwork everybody. I'm going to improve year in and year out. And I I do like Hertz. I don't like Philadelphia fans, but I'm not going to hold that against just the entire organization (laughs) that the city's a bunch of domestic terrorists.
2: (laughs) Don't like. I did like what they did the the Joey Bosa treatment though. I enjoyed that.
1: I enjoyed that as well. So yeah. All right. We're, Puts him at notch one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We're pro birds, I guess. I mean, uh, I mean, Mike Dana and Frank Clark though. Frank Clark, not a huge Frank Clark guy. Yeah. we, we don't need to get into why. No. Mike Dana is kind of an interesting one. Didn't play at Michigan long enough to be like a fan favorite or anything. But yeah. what an impressive developmental story for Mike Dana
2: he's really come a long way in a short amount of time came to Michigan for his last year you know we'll still claim him as a son of Michigan but I mean he was he was there for a little bit produced in a limited role but what a just awesome story for him you see a lot of guys like this like the Brian Monets of the world really just taking off the next level
1: so we've pretty much established at this point that in order to claim a player they need to have graduated or gone on to the NFL from your program like you can be like you can be a fan of Joe Burrow if you're an Ohio state fan and be like, yeah, he was there. You know, I kind of pull for him. I kind of pull for Zach Charbonnet, but -hmm. in order to claim him, he needs to have finished his career at your program. We're in agreement.
2: There's a lot there. And also like, some programs can claim multiple people like Jalen Hurts. I have no problem with Alabama and Oklahoma both claiming him. That's actually fair because of what he did at Alabama. I mean, yeah. that's a resume. Yeah, that's an, I mean, one of the best resumes in college football history and just like quietly did it. And Now he's quietly in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. And like only got pushed out because there was a guy better than him ready to take over at that position. So, yeah. but yeah, I'll be pulling for them, but. After this year, enough of that. Like it's time for the Lions to start competing. Like yes. this is the last year I want to be like having to find something to root for in the Super Bowl. Lions are good enough like starting this time next year I want
2: to at least be in the conversation. There's this is I mean we were optimistic last year for the Lions and this year I feel even better just because you feel more confident in the quarterback. It's like Jared Goff doesn't feel like a placeholder. It's like he can actually play. And like really helped transition for the next several years. Like the way he developed this year under Ben Johnson, having Ben Johnson back as OC, uh, the draft positioning they have, they nailed this draft, man. The way they develop players so fast in their system, it, mean, could compete to, it should compete to win the NFC North next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's how good it could be if you have another year. Now, drafting as well as they did last year is rare to hit on Mm -hmm. that many. I mean, those are like generational draft classes when you do that but if they do another one that's even half that good you could expect him to be around next year um I want to move on but is Aiden Hutchinson good enough to be your defensive anchor like is he good is he a star did he what we saw this year is that kind of what to expect year in and year out because that was the concern with him going into the draft is like yeah he's going to be really good but he doesn't have that Micah Parsons Kayvon Thibodeau next step
2: that he can take do you think he's going to take another step So Chris Long had a great point about Aiden Hutchinson where he said he may never be the premier Von Miller type pass rusher but Aiden Hutchinson is going to do everything on the football field right. And in a certain system on different teams, that could be even more valuable than just being good at one skill set. Aiden Hutchinson is a complete football player and is good at everything. You saw the interceptions. You saw the uh, the sack numbers, the TFLs, what he did when he finally got some support. So I don't know if I want to put Aiden Hutchinson in a box yet, but I do like Chris Long's take where he's more of a complete football player, not just the pass rusher.
1: I like that a lot. Yeah. And if Chris Long says it, I'm probably going to listen. So we'll yeah. take that as gospel. Uh, sir, you want to cook on Michigan? Michigan hockey, I have not been able to watch, uh, not been able to do my due diligence, so this one's on you, brother. Carry the water.
2: Oh man, what a weekend it was. So Michigan had a big series with Penn State, their third straight top 10 opponent, uh, number six Nittany Lions coming to town, and the first game, Michigan just beat the holy hell out of them. It was fantastic. Fantilli was cooking, the boys were rolling, and then coming into night two, which is rare with Michigan coming off a win in these two-game series, Penn State went up two nothing before you could blink your eyes. In the first forty seconds it was already two nothing in the third period, Michigan had a goal taken off the board by a dubious penalty. Not only did their goal come off the board, they were assessed a five-minute major on top of it, where Penn State scored went up 3-0, and then the Luke Hughes game got underway. Hughes scored three straight goals to get Michigan back into things. Dylan Duke added a fourth, and then Luke Hughes with his fourth goal, the Eagle, won it for Michigan 5-4. So now the Wolverines, even if they lost the remaining few series and lost in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, should firmly be in the NCA tournament. Um, they're not going to lose out. I can promise you that. Go to Wisconsin next week. Um, the team's peaking at the right time. Uh, in the first game, I didn't even touch on Eric Portillo set his own saves record. It was the third most saves by a Michigan player since 1998. Uh, I believe it was 51 off the top of my head. So yeah, man, Michigan hockey really starting to get their stride going at the best time of the year
1: few people at home want to know how good this guy is at his job. He just rambled that off the top of his head. No doc necessary. No just, notes, baby. No notes. Just comes in <laughs> ready to compete. Um, can you put this into football terms for me, what Luke Hughes did the other night? Is that on par with the Hassan Haskins five touchdown game? Is it just below that? I don't think it's above that because I've seen four goals before. It, it's rare. Uh, I don't watch as much college hockey as you, but like, can you try and like, compare these two
2: it's up there it's um it's His performance, because it was a two-way performance, is kind of like what a mobile quarterback can do. So you think about like a Johnny Manziel game where he's going to have like four passing touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns. It's something like that because Hughes was bringing the physicality on defense, really commanding the blue line. Offensively, he was just doing it on his own at times. Like a lot of these shots were just single shots on him just putting nukes past the goaltender. And he was just doing a lot, just took over the game, which you rarely see at this level, especially in hockey. It's very hard for an individual player to do that. And he just went super saiyan. Like, that's all you can say. And this is coming from a player that had his first goal last week, and that was his first – it was on an empty netter, and that was his first goal since the beginning of December. He'd been in a nationally recognized slump, just could not get over it, and really struggled out of the gates this week – or out of this season, excuse me, and now with a four-goal performance, and I believe it was a – five-goal weekend for him, oh, I mean, we're back, baby. We're back.
1: <laughs> That's insane. To use a harbaugh sometimes it's like a jar of olives. You just got to shake that first one loose, baby. <laughs> uh, s- speaking of Harbaugh, apparently he turned down the Broncos again. I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's a non-story, but it is pretty telling that the Broncos, like rather than trade for Sean Payton, a Super Bowl-winning coach, were like, no, Harbaugh is our number one. Like that should just tell you the level and – To the degree of esteem that coaches and organizations are holding Jim Harbaugh at that they're like, yeah, not only 20 million, I'm assuming they came back with a different number. I don't know this. I'm not reporting this. But to come back again, it must have been a bigger number, right? Like that you don't come back with the same offer.
2: It had to have been, and it's fun. it's interesting you bring that up because I really haven't even thought about that yet. They had to have come back with a bigger number, try to be a little bit more persuasive. As we all know, Harbaugh's contract is not signed yet because Ward and Harbaugh and Santa owner or whomever are waiting for the NCA investigation thing to kind of come to a resolution, whatever that may be. So he's still sitting there, like he has a firm commitment to Michigan and held resolute. And I'm I'm sorry, if you're turning down north of twenty million a year to coach in Denver, like you must really love Michigan.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like
2: let us not even
1: pretend to question Jim Harbaugh's loyalty if these numbers that are being reported are even close to accurate. Not only would that reset the coach market, I mean it would be like the Rudy Gobert trade level of resetting things. It would completely shake up the market. I mean
2: nobody's getting close to that that's guaranteed generational wealth because if you get fired from that job as long as you like don't take another job you still get that money you're still getting 20 million dollars a
1: year for every year you're not coaching
2: yeah think how massive the john gruden contract was and that was 10 years for 100 million like harbaugh could clear 105 years could have been double that yeah i mean
1: we don't know i mean it could have been a 10-year contract he's not old no like you'd feel fine with a 10-year contract i know you and i feel fine about it at michigan i have no problem with a 10-year contract
2: by all means, the worst thing you're going to do is buy some cheeseburgers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Win Big Ten championships, two Big Ten championships to every illegal cheeseburger. I can tolerate that. that that's fine. Um, all
1: right. Last thing I want to touch on for quick hits. This is just kind of something that I noticed having a conversation with uh, my stepdad, and it's a theory. I don't want to put out there just so if i'm right i at least get credit for it uh nil for running backs i think this is going to become a thing and i think the blake quorum decision may actually become a trend my reason for thinking this is twofold one we see the devaluation of running backs in the nfl draft you can get somebody in the fifth round rather than the second round so why spend that money on a guy that'll only be there three years they lifespan of a a nfl running back how long that they're lasting compared to how long they were lasting before the fact that you know we all know about cte how much wear and tear do you want to put on your body you couple that with the nil opportunities that some of these running backs are going to have coming back for like a senior year like blake Corum is you may not be a very big running back when you come to the nfl like there's only maybe one running back in the draft that people know and that's John robinson the rest you know, you might know about Blake Corum, you might know about Zach Charbonnet, some of these other guys, but the average fan probably doesn't. So that means there's just a lot of guys that are kind of in this zone where it's like, all right, do I sign a fifth round draft pick signing bonus, which fourth round to fifth round, you're kind of in the 800000 down to the $650,000 range as far as what you can expect. So that would be like a four year, $3.64 million contract. We know Blake Corum netted over a million dollars last year. So I'm wondering if this becomes a trend, whereas a running back, you're like, why go in the fifth round, maybe the sixth round, get this, you know, who knows what kind of signing bonus when I come back, be the main guy on campus, clear a million dollars. You know, I don't know. It's just something I was thinking about. It might become a trend. I think I might be right on this. No, that's a very
2: interesting point. You bring up a lot of good ones, actually. Uh, Can you name any of the running backs in the NFL draft process right now off the top of your head? Uh B. John Robinson, Zach Charbonnet,
1: Blake, or not Blake Corum, obviously, because he's not in it. Um, Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. Good pull. Uh, not a lot. Um, there's an Evans kid out of
2: like Ole Miss. Zach Evans. Zach uh, Evans. Jamar Gibbs, another big one from yeah, Bama. Yeah, Gibbs
1: from Bama. But then
2: you get to like Mo Ibrahim, who has 10,000 carries and miles right. on Right. Chase Brown, not expected to be drafted. You no, know, Eric Gray from Oklahoma, former Michigan commit. Yep. So like you're going to get deep into these names here, and it's like, man, what? I, I, ah, yeah, it's a very interesting market, and you're talking about like you look at the wear and tear in the NFL. Zeke Elliott's only what twenty seven right and his career is basically done
1: yeah like, I mean what you would not pay Zeke Elliott that contract right now for that production you wouldn't you would say that was a mistake that yep. was a mispay and that's not just that I mean the Le'Veon Bell I mean Adrian Peterson's the last one I can remember that was like yeah you keep that guy around he had such longevity
2: yeah it's the freaks like he and Frank Gore that just defy yeah, human I mean, logic but for the most part running backs don't go over 29 and it's like he could stay here and now he's going to be able to like split carries like prove he can right. stay healthy for a year so there's just such an added benefit especially at Michigan with running backs you're running behind such like monsters on the offensive line
1: yeah so when you're taking all that into account like all right I could be drafted in the sixth round to be the Carolina Panthers backup running back they're going to run me into the ground because they're not going to have any care about me like it's it's a business at that level and I mean I'm not trying to be negative NFL here just compared to college college is still a business as well but you can't tell me these coaches don't care about these kids like they they genuinely care and yeah, like going to the NFL, like might not always be the best decision. So just something I want to keep uh, an eye on and uh, hopefully I'm right about it. Uh, got a fun segment here. We are officially in the off season. We're like a month in and we haven't done a draft yet. I don't know what's going on. Been, been a little busy. Got into peyote and, and huffing gas for did a while. Did watch backdraft. I did watch backdraft, so that took some, some time off my schedule. <laughs> but we're going to do a draft. This is a fun one. This is one we had been thinking about. We're doing the all-aesthetic team draft. So aesthetic can mean a number of things. That could be... Most enjoyable to watch. Like you like their style of play. They played their position really smooth, fluidly. It was enjoyable to watch. Could be the most technically sound if you're into that. Could be the swagger they brought. Could be a name jersey combo. Whatever you're feeling. So we're going to draft it up. We're going to do offense, defense, and one position each. One position each. Yeah, yeah. Um, You could, could, can you double up on the offensive line just because of how much they're taking out there? Well, we can discuss it. We can discuss. I mean, not really a lot of aesthetics on the offensive line. Uh, do you want first pick, sir? I
2: would love first pick, actually.
1: I'm going to give you first pick because I want to see where you go.
2: Thank you. And, I mean, you, you already brought up offensive line play, and I'm going to go offensive line. Ooh. I am, and we're doing this from post, like, 2000, right? So, like, modern 21st century. Yeah, post 2000. Okay, so going from 2000, uh, give me first pick. Give me number 77, Jake Long. I mean, what's not to love? It's a 77 in Michigan, so it's a historic number. You have like the best offensive lineman since 2000 at Michigan. Number one overall pick, excellent left tackle. I mean, there's not enough good things I could say about Jake Long.
1: That is a really, really good pick. And uh, I know you know draft strategy. We've done so many of these. Like, there's not anybody else really at the tackle position that you look at and you're like, God, that guy was fun to watch. Now, there is another one I could go with here, but I'm not going to do it because I think that there's a pretty big gap with this next player
2: pocket and David Mulk over there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got Crip and saved for later. <laughs> um, all right. This one may be controversial and I, I don't think there was much of a, a danger of you taking him because I think I see it differently but that's what's fun about this one is there's a lot of opinions in this one there's not really a right or wrong but I'm gonna take Denard Robinson uh, I need a quarterback there's really only two I think that have been aesthetically pleasing and this one's a pretty big gap from the next one now I'm high on who I think number two could be not that I, ju- I just forecasted that about as much as you could <laughs> forecast something uh, but this guy's way ahead I mean just all-time marks for offense on the cover of NCA 2014, good number combination, the shoelace aspect, the 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 hair flowing, the chaotic nature, his first play, just a broken play from scrimmage that was just electricity. Uh don't like him throwing the ball <laughs> as much, which which is like the one thing I thought about taking him number one overall here. But uh it's like a face of a program, though. Like this is a I think a good pick.
2: Denard Robinson serves such an interesting purpose looking back because he really like singularly represented the lone bright spot in like 15 years of darkness. Like it was like that one season and he had moments outside of that, but really the twenty eleven season meant so much. Cause without that, I mean, we'll we be doing this podcast today. We'll be we have given up already in like twenty fourteen. You're you're probably right because he would have been an empty calories guy. Exactly. He would have been a lot of stats with
1: no wins, but you can't blame that on him because the Rich Rod era was a disaster. Rich Rod brought him in and he was clearly an electric player that needed to be on the field.
2: Oh yeah. But I'm saying without him, without him, what he gave us in 2011, like he wouldn't even be here. I'm saying it was his importance. Oh, okay. about why yeah, we yeah, had oh yeah. yeah, yeah. you're
1: kind of backing him up. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah.
2: giving, I'm not knocking him. No. Like, I mean, I've been, you know, I'm more of a Denard detractor, like with on the field stuff sometimes, but like his importance and what he means to Michigan far outseeds what he did on the football field.
1: And it should be noted that for a large period of time, he was the only, thing we had it that was off. it that was it
2: no other sport yeah. nothing it was him and then like that's why Trey Burke was so like revered in 13 not just right. because of the national championship where we were at exactly program, where the program yeah. was you're up sir okay going to me I'm gonna go um uh I'm gonna go with one of my favorite players of the hardball era so I'm gonna keep it a little more recent uh the definition of swagger Heisman Trophy finalist I'm gonna take Jabril Peppers on offense I'm. Oh, that's could play. I, I'm not gonna let you take him on I'm, defense. I thought, we were, I thought we were going back and forth. I'm sorry. No, I'm no that's no. fine, but you can't take him on
1: both. I'm gonna, I, you know, I'm
2: gonna say I'm. A, I'm a pocket that for defense if I come yeah, back around. Yeah, yeah,
1: If we can get, yeah, that's where I would take him because I think his swagger was way better utilized on defense. That's that's where stats. I'm gonna keep
2: him. That's right, we'll, we'll get to that later. Then all right, I'm gonna go to running back. And there's a lot of different options I could go here. I mean, there's I mean it's Michigan, so the running back is very, very deep. I'm going to go with the guy that got me into Michigan football when I was a little kid. I'm going to go with number 23, Chris Perry. Heisman Trophy finalist. I mean, just an absolute dog on the football field. Did everything right. Didn't pan out in the NFL, but is often – Uh, overlooked when it comes to Michigan lore, like people think of Tyrone Wheatley, Mike Hart first, and then they get to like the Jamie Morris, Chris Perry, Anthony Thomas range. But um, he's often overlooked outside of that group, and his importance on that 03 season that won a Big Ten championship and beat Ohio State can't be understated.
1: That's a really good one. I thought you were going to go a different way there. Chris Perry is one of my earliest memories of, like, a player that I remember. And, like, I I remember a little bit of A-Train, but Perry was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is the type of player that we have at the running back position. Kind of set the bar there. and uh, He had
2: 50 carries in a game. All right. Well, that's, that's probably not, <laughs> that's probably not safe. I, I think it was like 51 carries against Michigan state in 3 I think he had 50 carries like medical malpractice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the NFL didn't work out. Right? <laughs> yeah, probably because he was already done
1: for. He's like, I carried the ball 130 times in two weeks. I'm done. Um, I, I all right. So I want to go running back. This is so hard because like I I'm doing this off the cuff because there's so many players And I guess I have to pick between one of these two right now.
0: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block
1: Man, 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 I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go recency bias, even though I'm such an anti-recency bias guy. I think he is a better overall running back. I think that. If you, I mean, if you give him four years as a starter behind the offensive line that we had, I think he could compete with his numbers. It was between Mike Hart and Blake Corum for me. I'm going Blake Corum here, Ooh. which is an upset and a half. Well, uh, uh, let's let's be clear. This is an aesthetic it's pod, an aesthetic, right? yeah. and number two is just better than number twenty. Number two is a little better than number twenty. Although number twenty is also Barry Sanders' number, and I, Barry Sanders is my all-time favorite running back. I just think Blake Corum's shiftier. I think Blake Horm can also run through contact in a way that Mike Hart would do, but he was only so big. So, like, his run through contact was more like, man, way to fight for that extra half yard, dude. Like, you shouldn't have gotten that at your size. Blake Horm is just stronger than other people. And it's more like, you got three and a half extra yards. Yeah. And, like, Hart did that, too. This is a really tough one. Like, I I may look back, I may lose sleep over this, like NBA refs over LeBron
2: James, no call. (laughs) All right. That brings me to my next one. An obvious choice here Peyton O'Leary. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nope. It's on, it's on the board. No disrespect to Peyton O'Leary, but I'm going with a different wide receiver. I'm going with the only wide receiver you can choose here. So I'm going with Braylon Edwards, number one. Yeah. Yeah. I had
1: him. Um, I was going to take him on the last one but I don't think it's oh, no it is a big drop off.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there, there are some names we can talk about like especially around the same time. If we're just talking aesthetics, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah you can yeah, discuss. Yeah. Like oh, production wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out of town and like he was super fun to watch.
2: And the number 1, in the Michigan number
1: 1. Yeah. yeah, so like you win this one yeah. and I almost took him over Blake Corum, and I'm probably going to regret that one thinking maybe you would have passed over him here but you're too solid of a drafter. <laughs> um so now I've got two guys here the first jersey I ever purchased uh one of the coolest All right I'm going to mix Oh my god now, now I got to mix it up cuz I went new last time I'm going to the guy that got me into he didn't get me into Michigan football but man he like made me really want to watch the outside play a lot more and that's Mario Manningham
2: His Grace is a great pick I feel like if if you're going to go wide receiver This has to be the next one. And
1: like, I love Nico Collins, but that would just be doing recency bias because like like there hasn't been anybody in that like 10 year stretch like Nico. I did like like
2: DPJ with the number nine. Nice. It was clean. The number nine was clean. clean.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was very clean. But Braylon
2: and Mario feels right here. It's good because I mean we have to keep remembering like, it's not just best player like this is all fun watch
1: kind of thing exactly
2: yeah. so a lot of things are factored in here I mean you could I mean some people would make a case for Andrew Anthony I'd call him stupid but they make <laughs> all right uh, next pick to me changing up positions again I'm gonna go with number eighty eight tight end Jake Butt. Oh man dude you I should not have let you get
1: first pick because you've dictated this oh yeah
2: I've been running this one (laughs) I'll let you go first on defense so you can get like the good corner or something but yeah I've been running this one defense is
1: impossible I wanted to extend defense to 12 players Uh, that's a really good pick, man. You want to explain your pick or just... Yeah, I mean, Jake, no, but no I mean, yeah,
2: two-time All-American. I mean, everything he brought, I mean, everything he's bringing now in the studio booth. Like uh, our it, podcast. I think he was a very underrated blocker. We all know how excellent of a wide receiver was. It was evident as soon as Harbaugh got there, picked up the new coaching staff, and really just took off and accelerated. Um, the shot of him in the snow at the Indiana game, his on senior day in the big house, was just uh, amazing. And uh, probably... The most fun I've had watching a tight end at Michigan until the last couple years. Some new guys have stepped into that fold. Uh, Eric All Colson Loveland is quickly becoming that guy. But uh, Jake Buttman, he's one of one. Michigan
1: that's a great point one of the last points you made there how long of a gap it was when we had great tight ends like Michigan used to be known for producing really good tight ends and we went a long time without having one worth mentioning so when Jake Buck came onto the scene that was important for a number of reasons and still to this day I mean you might love Loveland you might love Eric all. I don't know why you would uh, you, there's a lot of guys that have come through that have been really good and the tight end plays improved, but still stands above the rest. Like Loveland's going to be, the, I think, the closest, Yes, but it's projection. So that's a great pickup there. Uh, next one's a little easier for me. I'm going to take the only other offensive lineman. Ooh, there is one that I like, but I think this guy's more enjoyable. Also what he brings off the field, the color commentary. Uh, You talked me into it just off air recently. He's turned full heel. That's Taylor Lawan. Nice. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You talked me into it, man, because I didn't like him because he was such a villain. But like that goes against what we like here. Like when you go full villain and you embrace it, he he does it more than Dickinson does. I think yeah. Dickinson should go full
2: Luan. Yeah, just leave, if you're going to be who you are, be who you are. Don't like tiptoe, don't play the victim and Luan never does. Like he takes it all on the chin and you and I have had very complicated up and down relationship with him but we were talking just before we started like I think I'm all the way back on now.
1: Yeah. I'm 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 on board again and because of you. I mean, granted, you can pretty much talk me into most things. <laughs> there was that stuff
2: that we did with that uh and We don't at, talk about yeah. we don't <laughs> talk
1: about Cincinnati. we don't we talk don't, about all right. All right. We're <laughs> not going to bring up
2: Cincinnati. <laughs> All right, it's coming back to me. I'm going to go quarterback here. I have two options. Uh, as far as aesthetics are concerned, but uh, I'm going to lean into the recency bias, and I'm going to go James Jesus McCarthy on this one, the number nine. I just love it. All the nine-millimeter jokes you want to make about it. You can do whatever you want, but uh, he was just an injection of life and electricity into this team, and I think he's going to skyrocket in his junior season.
1: No recency bias here. This is the right call. Like We've watched this position as closely as I mean, that's the position we all watch, the absolute closest, so you've all seen it. Like You're going to go back and watch all the way from 2000 to now, I think anybody, an alien that has never watched football, is going to come to the same conclusions. Like, oh wow, this guy that you got recently seems to have a different level. Like, Devin Gardner's an interesting name. I here. like that.
2: But I hate the '98 man. Personally. I know yeah. I
1: didn't like the '98. Not his choice. No, it was kind of like the weird Thanks. thing they were doing with Hoke and uh, Dave yeah. Brandon. Who, I don't stupid. know, bankrupting Toys R Us. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what's going on here. But like, Devin Gardner was fun early yeah. on, and like with the right coaches and like we're gorgeous guys here not hope guys necessarily but like with the right people gardner could have done some stuff but i think it's mccarthy and then next as far as aesthetics I henny to-
2: was the only other guy i was gonna go yeah, to henny
1: was, was, was it. enjoyable to watch but very much like Basic quarterback, yeah, big with, guy stands in there, makes yeah, a throw.
2: With McCarthy, you get like the the running swagger, you get the smiley face on the hand, you get the uh, the anecdote that he didn't wear face paint in the Ohio State game so they could see his face when he made plays, like stuff like that is what you and I eat up. So after Denard, as far as like an aesthetically pleasing quarterback with playing style and everything else, it has to be McCarthy.
1: All right, so my last pick. We're saying I can't repeat anything, even offensive line. I mean, I can – I'll give you know, – um, The problem card. is on offense, like it's literally just tight end then. There's just nothing else. No, out. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a wild card here. All right. Yeah. yeah so I now, mean,
2: since I led the way, I had the first pick. I'll let you get the wild card pick.
1: All right. If I'm going to take a wild card, um, I'm going to throw out some names here since this is the last no, one. A couple honorable mentions, some people that I thought of. Uh, Eddie McDoom, What a fun run! Dude, I
2: thought, I, I thought about Eddie. Then I was like, oh, he's 13. Like, eh, yeah. oh, yeah,
1: but yeah, a fun right. run. One run, okay. Yeah, that was like a brief thing. Kakoa Crawford with the hair, like I liked the McDoom Crawford thing yep, going on. Yep. There.
2: Chris Evans, Chris Evans was another one of. Didn't play, a like really fun to watch. Flat top, the blue collared shirt. Oh yeah, that's a uh, good
1: one. Nico Collins mm-hmm. was is really close here for me, like a guy that I'm absolutely considering. Uh, but who I'm gonna go with is I'm gonna go back on the offensive line. It it came down to colston loveland nico collins and my pick Cesar ruiz i like that i like that why'd you go with Cesar over like colston loveland who you know
2: what we both love
1: i not as much proof of concept with colston loveland i think he'll get there but Cesar ruiz like what he could do man at his size is kind of unprecedented and like when you go back and watch that really fun season really fun offensive line and the way they utilized him was just a ton of fun so Maybe not like the sexiest pick going center here when I could have gone with Eric Gall or Loveland or, you know, one of the tight ends that was fun. Gentry had a fun tight end run there.
2: He did. It just ended in such a dud with that Ohio State game. But man, it was a fun year. And like he was 83, wasn't he? Same as all. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. God. And you're talking to an owner of an Eric All jersey, so yeah. it very much stings me.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're going to try and alter that thing. We're going to try and put some different like letters all on All day that on it or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, all damn day. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, once you took Jake Butt, there's such a steep drop-off in, like, the tight end one. So, I, I'll go Cesar Ruiz there. But, uh, all right, man, let's – oh, actually, let's recap, and then we'll go over to the defense. Well, o-
2: offensively, other names to consider here could have been um, Jason Avant, um, Steve Reston. Breston's a a really good one to think about. Um, Jeremy Gallon. Tom Haskins. Dennis Norfleet. Dennis Norfleet had a fun (laughs) run. Yes. Deep in the bag on that one. Junior Hemingway, if you're fans of the uh, Sugar Bowl and just that. (laughs) Uh, Roy Roundtree, some swag. Yeah, Roy Roundtree against Notre Dame. Yeah. Oh man. What a, yeah. what a moment that was. I mean, even if you think like to even more obscure players, like you think more recently, we talked about Eddie McDoom. you and I just both love, like J.U. Cheston at eight with 86 out there, his first year with Jake Rudolph. Davion together. Smith
1: disappearing into that crowd of
2: BYU players. I mean, that play alone gets you something. It still makes no sense. It doesn't. I don't know how it happened, but man, it's fun. It's fun to look back in the off season. Oh, no, this
1: is great. Let's move over to defense where this is going to get even harder. And I've been given first pick and, uh, oh god uh, like i i don't even want first picks in these because it's so difficult i think i will steal your pick and take to real peppers you because <laughs> because there's nobody else that has that swagger so he does bring a swagger level that like even devin bush is like three rows back looking up like hey what's going on up there in first class
2: <laughs> peppers was just like in, in a sense just like naturally cool like on the football field like when he had those returns against Colorado one he fell at the one and the other one he housed It's just like this guy at times could just take over games. He's so cool when he does it. So he's smiling and a beautiful smile. Great smile. Right? Great smile on the kid. <laughs> and I'm, I, I like the pick on defense, especially like my favorite peppers. Like I know the 16 year was he a Heisman uh, finalist. I loved him in 15, the way DJ Durkin used him yeah. in the slot and everything. Awesome. I think he really kind of had that Mikey Sanger 2022 role. And I think that's where he excelled the most. And Probably like
1: if you would have extrapolated that and kept him in that role, I mean, he he ended up being a pretty good NFL player, but it could have been better. Yeah. I think there was a little meat on the bone left with Jabril Peppers and I've not notoriously been the biggest Peppers guy. That's yep. more so you, but I do recognize the swagger and just the level that he played at. The speed was so much different.
2: It was yeah, he was playing but in a different gear than everybody else. And like you electric players at that level just don't come around very often um okay coming back to me then Oh man, a lot of players here a lot of guys i want uh, but i'm not going to lose aiden hutchinson number 97 (laughs) like i am just not aiden hutchinson did so many cool things when he was at michigan it was so aesthetically pleasing the looking at the ohio state tackle and saying let's go bitch and like running him over i mean the the one eye black just everything hutch did was just so cool god
1: Damn it. I wish I would have
2: taken <laughs> Hutch first. Now, I took Jabril Peppers. I should have just
1: stuck to my guns, the guys I like. I'm in your head now. I like You are in my head. I like Hutchinson so much more than Peppers. That's a great pick. I'm, like, losing. I, mean, like I had the first pick. Oh, man. And Hutchinson, like, has the stats backing up. They both were represented in New York. Exactly. Like, and if you're telling me, like, pick one next year, like, you could bring one back to help this team. Who are you bringing back? Hutch.
2: H- Hutch just – I mean – I mean you know how much I love Jabril, but Hutch is such a leader does everything else one on one he can dominate games like that just it's got to be Hutch and it wouldn't matter who we had returning at
1: defensive end I would still take Hutch
2: that that's the thing like like no matter who is there I'm going because to take Because of it. the
1: leadership aspect because of the culture setting aspect like how much do we owe to like him resetting the culture how much of what we're experiencing now is his impact that 2021 season like we'll never know i'm sure hassan haskins and a bunch of other guys played a role but like that was the culture setter he he personified the change yeah he should have been the number one pick but you're in my head (laughs) all right i'm taking devin bush try and come back here uh devin bush look i mean falling off a little bit in the nfl we're not talking about his nfl we're talking about at michigan uh his 2016 man incredible incredible 2017 uh 2017 and 17
2: and 18 17 and
1: 18 yeah yeah. yeah. excuse me yeah I always you know, you'll they to years run good. together <laughs> yeah yeah. They, they run together and uh I, I've drank some whiskey and run my head up against a few walls in, in <laughs> my time but yeah yeah the 2017-18 run 18 is the season that I was thinking of with the uh the Brian Lewerke sack and the hyena laugh yeah oh. J- just insane like he and Jabril Peppers moved Close peppers is a different speed, but bush at his size for that speed
2: was we haven't seen it again since then. No, and man, I when you and I saw him in the spring game in 2017, you we had the same word, like that's a missile, like that is how he's playing, he's playing at a different speed. He he should time up blitzes really well, really get this uh, jump on the snap. And no, he was awesome. You and I were just talking offline about uh best linebackers of the Harbaugh era. We didn't think he would be usurped, but we have Junior Colson trending in that direction. I think Colson will take it. I think so too. I think he's on his way there. So that's a good pick. I feel like you're back to yourself now a little bit. That, you needed a win. I,
1: well, I mean, I, I can't believe you've spun it that Jabril Peppers was a loss when that was the guy you were going to take no matter what until I messed it up, whatever. <laughs> it's all part of my psychology. Game, seamanship,
2: seamanship. Seamanship. <laughs> okay, um, coming back to me then. I'm going to go – very, very recent here. I'm going to go with Will Johnson. <laughs> Jared is very upset right now. Will Johnson, number two out there. Because, of I mean, the Marvin Harrison game, what you've seen him do, how he developed as a freshman. Like, I wanted to reach back a little bit further, and I have some other guys coming up. But uh, Will Johnson, man, just brings so much to this team and just brings so much aesthetically, and he's very, very cool out there.
1: This must be what it feels like when an Oscar nominee finds out he hasn't won this is this is brutal for me like that was th- those were the two picks that i had one and two and i just wanted to steal yours just to, to mess with you and now i'm getting the lesser of all my picks i'll take jordan lewis which i can't believe i'm saying it like that because jordan lewis for the longest time has been my favorite player of the hardball era will johnson has usurped him there because he does all the things that jordan lewis does as a freshman and he's All right, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to say he's better as a freshman than Lewis was as a senior because Johnson was – it was really like the last four games that Johnson was at that level, but I buy it. I think that that's the level he's going to play at, which is freaking insane. Uh, That was the guy that I had listed number two. I literally had my board Hutchinson, Will Johnson, one and two. (laughs) I – don't really care for you. Thank you for harboring me tonight and giving me a bed to sleep in. <laughs> but, I, but I'm going to release
2: scorpions into your home before I leave. It was the least I could do for you. Jordan Lewis, man, the 26, the uh, the Jordan interception. Look at his name being that well. Evan. Well, Johnson doesn't have a play like that. He does not have a play like that. But did Jordan Lewis play much as a freshman? A little bit, yeah. He did play as a corner. Was he number one corner? He was
1: not. Okay. He was not starting as the number one
2: corner. You know how much I love George Lewis. I'm just giving you shit. No,
1: it's deserved. <laughs> All
2: right, moving on down my board. I'm going to go uh, a little, a little more obscure here. Uh He, he wasn't n- never really a starter at Michigan, but um, I love the number. I love the role he played. Going with uh, Josh Uche, number six. I love the single-digit pass rushers, as you know, and I love how mean he played. Like He'd play with a ferocity where he felt like he was always pissed off, and he was always very angry when he hit people with belly. He always had the worst intentions coming after a opposing quarterback. And I just loved how he always played that way, and I thought it was just awesome to watch.
1: That's a good pick. I didn't think you'd go there, but there's so many names. Like Once you get past, I feel like those first four – we're probably going to go in that order in some way, most likely. And now we're getting into the names where it's like, okay, you can take your personal preference here. Uh, I really liked Uche and this is buoyed by what he's doing now. Yes. Like this is insane what he's doing now. Like he could be one of the best pass rushers in the league next year. That's a fun pick. Um, I like that. I'm going to go a little bit back with my pick and I'm going to go into my favorite player. When I first started watching, Um, that's Lamar Woodley. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, that is the guy. I remember when I first started uh, watching this, this was like Facebook days. There was no other social media. One of my first Facebook posts was guns don't kill people. Lamar Woodley kills people. It <laughs> was like my second Facebook post ever. Like I I fell in love with the way that he played. He wrecked games. He always seemed like the most physical guy. Wasn't like he was like 6'2". Yeah. like wasn't a 6'5 guy, but played like a 6'5 guy, would toss you around. And dominated, dominated his senior year. So I'll take Lamar Woodley here.
2: I like that. That's a really fun pick. And Lamar Woodley, I feel like often gets overlooked at times when it comes back to Michigan lore. Certainly not by us. We love the guy. Uh, I'm also going to go back a little bit deeper here. I'm going to go a little pre Lamar Woodley. I'm going to go Leon Hall. That was great. That's the I think the best Michigan corner of this. Him, Marlon Jackson, Jordan Lewis, all those guys are in the conversation. So Marlon Jackson was a guy I struggled with here as well, but I really love Leon Hall, man. Like right when I was getting into Michigan football, watching him and how just like smothering he was as a corner. And I don't think there's anything more aesthetically pleasing than just like a dominant corner, just eliminating a player.
1: I mean, you know how I feel about a <laughs> yeah. dominant corner. Like that's my favorite thing to watch in the entire game. Leon Hall almost got the the nod over Lamar Woodley, but at the time I wasn't into cornerback play. I was just like, you know, you're a kid. You're just watching the, the game just kind of naturally and watching it unfold. And Woodley was the guy that seemed to cause the most domination. You don't see the nuances of Leon Hall not getting balls completed. You don't see the nuances of him shutting down an ex receiver on a third down where he's not getting the ball thrown at him. But he was, and he had a great NFL career for Cincinnati. Loved Leon Hall. Great name, too. Good great, yeah, very yeah, Really smooth. good cornerback name. Uh, all right, well, I need a linebacker here, and I've got a lot of really good options. I could go all the way back to David Harris. Junior Colson is a guy that you and I were just talking about offline that, like, is in line for some crazy records. Like, could be in line for all-time Michigan greatness with a 100-tackle season, which I think he will. I mean, what reason do we have to think he won't
2: be? No, I mean, he was the leading tackler this year. Um, I, He has to be the favorite to do it again. Another guy I like at this for you at linebacker for talking aesthetics, it's Prescott Burgess. Oh, man, like that. <laughs> the number six.
1: Come on, man, I already had my two that I was going to narrow it down to. So the two that this is between are Prescott Burgess and Jake Ryan to that uh, unconventional, they're similar in that they're unconventional like not the body well Ryan was the body type Prescott Burgess was kind of ahead of his time for like the position that he was playing very versatile a lot of fun I just don't remember him as much so I'm going to go with my recency bias since it's my last pick I'm going to go with Jake Ryan his freshman season was one of just enjoyable season now aesthetic is uh take it with a grain of salt here <laughs> because he kind of played like a kid who had lost his mom at jc penny like well, what am
2: i doing what am i doing and i'm here
1: and now i'm here and, but he was just there he had a knack for the ball it was
2: so fun it was chaotic the hair on fire linebacker cannot be overstated how much fun it is to watch because they're just everywhere it's like it's 150 percent across the field even when they're out of position it's fun to watch fun to yell at yeah, exactly, and uh, not the best
1: linebacker that I could have taken. Like, that would be David Harris, that would be Colson, that would be, and I mean, I already took Devin Bush here, kind of just a wild-card pick, but uh, I just wanted him on my team.
2: I like that. No, I like that, and I know how much you stand for Jake Ryan. Uh, this one, it came down to two for me, and the only reason I'm not going with Mikey Sainor still, number zero, Frozone. It's because I picked up Will Johnson. I'm trying to diversify the portfolio a little bit. Dig deep into my bag. I'm going with a player who's playing in the Super Bowl. I'm going with Brandon Graham. Let's go. Number fifty-five. A short guy, just terrorizing people on the edges. Like Brandon Graham was at the one of the first Mission games I attended. Just watching him take over games at his like frame and now develop. I'm like, I say short guy. He's six-two. Like he's not right. a little fella, but at defensive end, like he's undersized. But it, you'd never tell on the football field. That's a really,
1: really good one. The only. The only reason I kept Graham off is because he was on some really bad teams. He was in that transition period where, like, Woodley, he was there with the Woodley team. Yeah, he was on the 08-09
2: team,
1: which was was, And then he was on the 08-09 team, but he dominated on a bad team. so That's the only thing you
2: could watch on those teams at times. Exactly.
1: He was the only watchable part of that. Uh, A couple other names I thought about, Jordan Kovacs. I won't say family friend, but friend of my stepdad. He knows them well. I've communicated with him once. Really I like him a lot, but it's more like you like what he represents to the team. As far as aesthetics, number 32, try hard white guy. Let's be honest, <laughs> but like awesome. Really, yeah. like really great captain. I enjoyed having him back there. Um, and then some guys like Macari Page, who I've talked about a ton, but like I can't put him above any of these other guys. The statistics aren't there. Um, Mo Hurst is a name I thought about. I thought about Mo Hurst as being the most enjoyable defensive tackle. Hard to be enjoyable to watch
2: as a defensive tackle, and he was. Yeah. I mean, you could put Mason Graham in that situation if you want to keep it Graham, really I had recent. A lot of,
1: I had a lot of fun watching Mason Graham last year. As we mentioned, Junior Colson here. Should be Chase mentioned. Winovich? David Chase Harris. Winovich. Chase zing- Winovich didn't even get mentioned. That's 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 on us. <laughs> yeah, that is. I mean, and look at his numbers too. But who are you replacing, Hutchinson or Woodley?
2: Oh
1: yeah. I mean, I'd take Hutchinson or Woodley over Winovich. Yeah, and then
2: it's like, and then Brandon Graham. It's like Brandon Graham could be the one I could pull. Right, and I mean, like that? we're not just doing stats no, here no, either.
1: No, no. So I mean, for stats, you know what Maurice Hurst did? Yeah. at the defensive tackle position, that's the best. Example I like, we I'll, have. I'll
2: swear. I'm going to pull out BG and I'm going to put Chase Winovich there just because I think that's a better uh, aesthetic pick for what he meant to the team. The blonde yeah. hair, the revenge tour, the face paint, the screaming. They I agree with that. His change. Heart out and yeah. ate it.
1: <laughs> that's a good change because, like, to say that you loved watching Brandon Graham, you would have been a football fanatic back then. To watch those oh eight, I was a little games. psychopath. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know you're now not. eleven years old. You're watching poles and Grind- chip blocks
2: Grind and tape. You see the pin and pull,
1: <laughs> Andy. Do you want popcorn? <laughs> She's like, Andy, your, your friends are outside and are having a snowball fight. She's like, I'm not interested.
2: Grinding the three four. <laughs> But, no, yeah, Winovich here is the, is the right move. Like, no disrespect to BG, one of my favorites, but Winovich as far as aesthetics and what he brings mean, it was just that you and I will never let the 2018, like, die in realm of things because that was some of the most fun we ever had as Michigan fans with the 10-game win streak, the revenge tour, and he was the essence of it.
1: We also won't let the 2017 defense be forgotten either because, like, if you look at the statistics, that defense was doing everything they could to keep that team in games. That was, like, supercharged Iowa this past year. That's what it was like. Like, super, supercharged because that defense was better and the offense was, well,
2: (sighs) they were kind of close. John remains our biggest miss. Man, that was, oh, that was tough. Jay, I mean, we called him Alex Moran for a while because he looked like our Lord and Savior in the Purdue game. Boy, were we wrong. Wrong again. Damn. All
1: right, so uh, Andy had Aiden Hutchinson, Will Johnson. Oh, my God, Josh Utah, Leon Hall, Chase Winovich. Really good team. I had Jabril Peppers, Devin Bush, Jordan Lewis, Lamar Woodley, Jake Ryan. I, I do like my team. Yeah. I do like my team.
2: You really came back in this one after the, the, the rough start for you. Well, I mean,
1: wanting to go first to steal Jabril Peppers, that's just spite. That's Tom Petty. (laughs)
2: and again peppers isn't the bad pick by any means he's the definition of like aesthetically pleasing it is yeah yeah
1: (laughs) big 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 peppers looks guy you
2: see that smile (laughs) all
1: right let's take a break when we come back we're going to do another draft a little bit different kind of draft more of a collaborative team building exercise and we're going to dig deep and talk about michigan basketball we'll be back support for this episode is brought to you by manscaped Breaking news, people. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpets by going to manscaped.com and using the code MMB20 for 20% off and free shipping. Look, I'm a man that knows the importance of a beard. The beard ties the face together like a good rug ties a room together. It's a unifying bridge between chin and scalp. I've yet to see a man's face made worse with a strong beard in my lifetime. and It's the only facial hair that will never go out of style. It's time to tame your mane because no one likes a weird beard. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped Pro Beard Kit. All starts with the beard hedger. Thing is a beast of fixing faces. First off, the cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. Plus it's waterproof so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-Blade is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency. That brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Pro Kit doesn't end there, though. They've created four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. There's the Beard Shampoo and Conditioner. You need to remember all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse, easier to damage than your hair on your head. That's why this kit has made shampoo and conditioners specifically designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replete those natural oils and promote beard health next the kit has Manscape's beard oil an essential piece for your main facial accessory no one wants a beard who's brittle and dry the oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine making you look extra fine cap off the kit with the beard balm pomade shape style moisturize tame your sculpted look Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code MNB20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com using the code MNB20. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. All right, we're back. Before we get into the next topic of discussion, we've made a critical error. We don't make many here, but what we do is we atone for our sins. We did not appreciate Mr. Sean Crable. During the break, we were kind of looking it up, being like, yeah, I kind of forget Burgess versus Crable, like who is the more impactful guy. Good God, (laughs) it's Sean Crable with a bullet.
2: The man had seven and a half sacks his senior year. You know, very good number, right Right around what Mike Morris had. But he also chipped in 28 and a half tackles for loss in the 07 season. To put that into perspective,
1: we did an entire podcast about Chase Winovich getting to 19 and a half in 2017. We we're like, how incredible is that? Like to get to that level, like to be that disruptive in the backfield. That's two a game, brother. <laughs>
2: more it's it's more he did it in 13 games so he averaged more than two tackles for loss a game he wasn't even first team all big 10 in 2007 which just is egregious misstep
1: dude that, like, and then we were also kind of getting off on a tangent here to start the second half, but whatever. Will Anderson, 17 and a half sacks, didn't get invited. To 17 and,
2: the, and a half sacks and 30 TFLs. 30
1: TFLs didn't get invited to the Heisman series. That's egregious. And Sean Crable not being first team all Big Ten. Granted, he's behind James Laranitis, but I am sorry. What do you need more than 28 and a That is an insane statistic. Still
2: leads Michigan. It's it's an unbelievable thing. I don't know if it'll be touched. No. We don't know if 19 will be touched.
1: No, that is so difficult to get to. So I'm going to replace, since uh, we let you replace somebody on yours, I'm going to replace Jake Ryan with Sean Crable. Now, I just don't remember it as well. That's why it wasn't. You know, I was young. I was you know, 17, 16 years old, but
2: Fun good trivia God. game. What's the most TFLs Devin Bush ever had in a season?
1: I'm guessing it's lower than I would expect because you're bringing this up. 11.
2: 10 his career devin bush had 18 and a half
1: wow and i took him over crable like this recency bias is alive and well even when we like harp against it and i am such a staunch anti-recency we're bias. coming
2: hey we're coming back though we had we literally started the second half on a 10 just to give sean crable as well sean
1: crable i hope you're listening you- and he was number two and you six five six Five linebacker wearing number two doing that. That is an underappreciated guy. We we will start talking about him more. I
2: think the biggest reason he's forgotten in that season is because that's the app state year. Yeah.
1: Yep. That's uh, why. I'm <gasps> Good God. All right. Let's let's let this tangent go no further. Second half, we wanted to talk about basketball, but basketball sucks. So we (laughs) wanted to find a fun way to do this thing. Last time we saw Michigan basketball, 81-63 loss to Penn State. You and I decided that maybe our lives are more important than watching every one of these games. So we only watched the highlights and the replay together just recently here in person. One of the least inspiring games outside of Jed Howard that I can ever remember. But I mean... It, there's there's a lot of them to pick from recently.
2: We're going to have Kellen Voss on again next week. Uh, voice and, and fingers of Michigan basketball. That's weird. Best in the business. <laughs> and he's going to be here to break everything down about the team, the ins and the outs, what's going wrong, how to fix it. But just from a 10,000-foot view, why the hell did Will Cheddar not play it until the under five minutes when Jawan Howard emptied his bench? Big Beef and Cheddar needs to
1: be getting more minutes at this point. Like, what are you getting from Joey Baker – that you're not getting from Cheddar Shatter. Shatter, only shooting 27% from three on limited volume, but he's not getting enough minutes and and volume like to know what we have with him. Whereas with Joey Baker, I feel like I kind of know what we've got there. I would like to see more and what this team could use outside of maybe uh, you know, some wing defense, a point guard, some movement shooting, a little pick and roll pop, uh, possibly a new coach, some infusion of talent. Other than that. We're close. We're close.
2: Really, all we could use is a glue guy. You know, you know, get some of those, get some scoring. You know, some, like I said perimeter defense, some passing, uh, less fouls, better free throw shooting, late uh, game execution, late game execution, some atos. Like I mean, better free throw shooting. We're there. We're there. You got stew going. You know, like we are there. I mean, yeah, this game uh, was. Probably the, the, might be the low point of the season, even yeah. lower than Central Michigan. Hunter Dickinson finished with six points and two rebounds in this one in only 23 minutes. Um, outside of Jet Howard, there was nobody else of note in this game. It's
1: becoming really difficult for us to defend the Jawan Howard position. We're going to keep that mantle. We're going to keep defending Jawan Howard because of the track record and because, you know, I want him to succeed. Call me crazy. Sorry, I want Jawan Howard to succeed. And I know that it's better podcasting to have incendiary takes like fire him and replace him with Jay Wright and stuff like that. I'm not there yet, but that may have broken the dam on this season. Like, this may end up just being, I think it is, just a lost season. And now it it starts the clock.
2: Yeah. its I mean, aside from a miracle Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament run, I mean, everything now is just building up more pressure for next season. It's making next season, if you don't win 20 games this year and show dramatic turnaround and player development, then you may not be the guy for the job.
1: And you and I expect a new athletic director in at some point. That's yes. another component to think about here is if there's a new athletic director and he's evaluating all the programs and he's like, wow, hockey. All right. Michigan uh, basketball. Uh, okay. Well, you know, football seems really good. What's going on here with the basketball. Like they're going to evaluate, they want to bring in their new guys. It's just like you get a new GM for a team. You know, they want to bring in their own coach. That may be the case, especially if he goes sub-20 wins, which is the number you put out, which I like, sub-20 wins or Elite Eight type (laughs) appearance. You know, that's what it's kind of got to be next year. And some of that is like the expectation now at Michigan, which we've talked ourselves into or have become possibly a blue blood program.
2: Yeah, like the these drop offs, like and if you want to be recognized as a blue blood, when you have seasons like this, they're gonna be even under a bigger microscope, especially from what he inherited. It wasn't taking over a bad program. It was a program at the height of its powers. And being in Michigan, you're going to be heavily scrutinized when you even struggle a little bit. Like last year's team, I believe, had was like nineteen and fifteen, I think, off the top of my head. And a massive, underwhelming team, and then they had the good run of the tournament to build up the goodwill, but maybe those two wins in the tournament really just covered up a lot of sins.
1: That's, that's a very possible situation. You might be onto something there, and I'm willing to be all right with that because I value tournament success. So like, all right, if we have warts during the season, but we turn it on when it matters most, I mean, wouldn't that be kind of like uh, you know, some of the LeBron James Cavaliers teams where it's like, you know, they're going to finish fifth in the East. That doesn't matter. Just get there because they know like and you could buy into that, but we don't have that type of pedigree. We haven't That's proven it. that. So like I do value those tournament runs, but he doesn't have the proof of concept to say that this is going to be a year in year out thing.
2: Exactly. He does, I mean, the Sweet 16 is not an NBA championship. It's not. Like, that's the biggest thing. And now Jawan Howard is on pace to have his third sub-20 win season in four years, which would tie John Beeline's record for sub-20 win seasons, and, which is the same amount of seasons John Beeline has at 30 wins or more. So, you're going to be compared to the guy before you, especially when he sets you up for success. And, I mean, just remember, John Beeline gave him a 30-7 and team. And that next year, they were 19-12. and 12, And it was kind of forgotten because it's his first year the pandemic hit. And then there's a lot more things to worry about, but again, not a good showing.
1: No, not at all. And next week, like you mentioned, we're going to bring Kellen back on. We haven't even told him yet. So, Kellen, if you're listening, you're coming back on next week. We need you. Yeah, we because need you, please. I, I, like Andy and I are pretty good with basketball, but we we do our best, and we need uh, we need a better mind here to come in. And I also want to look at like some other instances. Where coaches inherited a really strong program, a strong situation, and then maybe struggled because it's not unreasonable to imagine that there's growing pains with a coaching staff turnover. I mean, Jawan Howard brought in more athletic guys initially, and like maybe that's just trying to get higher recruits. Maybe that wasn't necessarily like an impetus on athleticism. Maybe it was an impetus on just better players, you know, higher higher ranked players. Whereas Beeline was. You know, getting guys that were fairly highly ranked, but the way he developed them, the way he kept them in the system, the way that he utilized them. So I want to break that down a little bit more. See if we can get to the bottom of this because we we touched on it a couple weeks ago, but like it's getting to a boiling point now with Juwan Howard where it's like, all right, we need to figure out if this is our guy.
2: Well, think about it like this. This is year four. This would be like the 2018 season for Jim Harbaugh. Like if he were still struggling then and had like one good year, it's like all right. Well, what are, what are we doing now? We were judging pretty hard in 2018. We, we had a lot riding on those results of 2018. And they went 10 and 1 and responded. And Juwan Howard is now floundering, which could be a sub 500 season. Well, they went 10 and 1 and responded. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, but still, like, I mean, We it, still
1: had questions after 2018. But if Harbaugh. we were
2: floating around at 6 and 6, it would have been a hell of a lot worse.
1: No no doubt about it. But that actually like, is a pro Howard argument to be like, look how long it took for Jim Harbaugh to, to really flip the switch. Like he got us to a point where we were at like mediocrity or like no above mediocrity, where we were above contention, you know, we were at contention level, and we were ranked but then to get to that next level. So that's another but conversation. But look at what and
2: both inherited.
1: And that's that's yeah. the third part of this conversation, yeah. which we'll, we'll get into next week. We wanted to do something a little bit more fun this week, try to bring some life into this basketball <laughs> situation, but also do an exercise that might help to shed some light on the development of the players here. So we're going to build out our perfect 13-man roster using the John Beeline teams and the Jawan Howard teams, 13 men being the amount that you can dress in a college basketball game. So we're going to start here. We're going to kind of do it like pick base, but we're just going to kind of go back and forth by who our suggestions are, and then we'll talk it through. So I'm going to give it to you, sir. Who do you think would be the first person we need to put on this team?
2: National player of the year, Trey Burke. Come
1: on. (laughs) There's only another, there's only other, like one other person you could consider
2: yeah it's a, it's a pretty limited case here like you and I like we haven't even talked about this yet because you know we're working together on this one so it's going to be fun to see where our minds are at but the 2013 team what Trey Burke meant to him the shot against Kansas getting to the national championship just really just cementing the beeline turnaround from when he got there in the 07 season just nice cherry on top and the block was still clean <sighs> the block was the cleanest thing that I've ever seen in my life. C-
1: cleaner than Mister Clean. <laughs> uh, the the other part of this is you got to have a point guard, and who else would you possibly go with? This is the biggest drop off. This is like bigger than a Jake Butt to the next best tight end type of drop off between the next point guard. It is a chasm. Like it's Trey Burke with a bullet here. Uh, next, I'm taking Franz Wagner, which is a Howard era guy. So we're we're starting off with a B line and a Howard era guy, Franz Wagner. Like I'm not taking the N, the NBA prospect Franz Wagner. Like that is a different level guy, <laughs> but we saw it. We saw it and like you and I were on it. Like that was my freaking dude. I saw the potential and like what he was able to do. And when they started doing what we were saying, like we're not, we're not basketball analysts, but we were like, yeah, point fronds, like initiate your offense through that guy. That guy can initiate your offense. So when Trey Burke's on the bench, if you can stagger that minutes, like those minutes and we have a wing defender, we have a wing creator, we have a wing score. We have three-point shooting. Like, we've got everything with Franz Wagner. So, I'm taking him number two here for our team. Any any disagreements there?
2: No. That was the only other player I was thinking about here. Love Franz. Love what he brings. I hate, hate that his last play at Michigan was an air yeah. ball in the Elite Eight. I know. It's, it's not how I'll remember him. No. He brought so much more to this team, and let's, let's keep it in the family. I'm going Mo Wagner next, the leader of uh, another uh, Final Four national uh, runner up team in 2017, oh. 2018. Wagner was essential, could do a lot of things offensively and defensively, and was really the heartbeat of that team. I'm not going to push back on this here. Uh, we need a center. We need some size. It's really him
1: or Dickinson, but we can play Wagner at the four. So, because of that, I'm absolutely, let's get him in there. Uh, would there be any cause I mean DJ Wilson might win out on the all aesthetic team but is there any discussion about DJ Wilson here I don't think he ever reached it in Michigan no no all right Uh, okay it's up to me now and ooh all right this gets interesting I may need to like bring you in here to start having a discussion about what we need Um, so we need glue guys like we've as we've discussed with big beef and cheddar like we're big on glue guys we need to have more than one here so glue guys to choose from we have a lot: Eli Brooks, Muhammad Ali, Abdul Rahman. Good Zach, pronunciation. Uh, I hope that was right. Uh, Zach Irvin, yeah. Isaiah Livers, who is great, but Charles you know, Matthews. Charles Matthews um, was Zach. Zach Novak. Zach Novak. Uh, do we want to shoot or do we want to go Nick Stauskas? here and get some shooting onto this team or do we like do we want to take a recency bias here and go jet howard over nick stauskas which people might scoff at look at what jet howard is shooting from three right now
2: and then scoff <laughs> or uh the second biggest shot of either era jordan pool ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh! i would take jet howard over jordan
1: Poole college level though right here, i think now i think because, i think i would too but, yeah. but
2: that moment in that shot that man that, that carries a lot of weight all right so let's go glue guy
1: Livers, mm. there's. A, I think we're forgetting a glue guy. Maybe like a Jordan Morgan. Oh, good pull to like provide some size, some defense, some leadership. But I think we can do better. We really want to make sure we're getting scoring, defense, and that glue guy aspect. Oh, Sean Day Brown.
2: Sean Day. You and I both love Sean Day Brown. Duncan Robinson. Duncan
1: Robinson. That.
2: Karis Lavert, but he's not really a glue nah, guy. No, 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 not Karis. Duncan Levert. Robinson, I think, is my pick. Stauskas was better in college. I'll I like take... Duncan Robinson is a better glue guy though. I think Stauskas is more yeah, of like we're a star taking kind of
1: them player. in college. Yeah. So
2: like, and Duncan
1: Robinson was the defense that much better. I don't remember yeah. Duncan Robinson being a wing defender. I don't know. I I, so I don't remember Stauskas either. Right, so I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the onus on you to take that one, and I'm gonna take Sean D. Brown here. I know he's on our team. He's gonna get drafted at some point, so I'm gonna take him here. And then, uh, yeah, we can continue our Stauskas versus uh, Duncan Robinson discussion. But
2: Stauskas was super impactful, very impactful. I think he was more outside of the glue guy conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a different conversation. What makes a glue guy? But I mean, we also need bucket getters, too.
2: We do. Nick's house is good, get buckets.
1: But I mean, we're going to have bucket getters. We already so far for bucket getters. Everybody on this team so far can get you a bucket.
2: Yeah, I like to try to think about this functionally, like as yeah. the best team out here. It's not just, it's not an all star team. No, we're
1: not building an all star team. We're building the best team that you could build. And uh, Eli Brooks, then. I like that. That's a glue guy. We need a shooting guard. I mean, Brooks and Shonda Brown, we have proof of concept there.
2: And they both liked it, and they're both very eager defenders, especially Brooks last year, because Brooks in the Tennessee game was doing the Lord's work on defense and then had the Brooks hook to win the game.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like. uh, Ali Abdurrahman is getting a little bit shaded here going Brown and Brooks because I would have taken Ali Abdurrahman over him, but Brooks' leadership and defense is a little bit better.
2: Yeah, that's why I put him. I probably would have gone him over maybe Shonday Brown. But I I think he's a good spot. He could fill in here. I think he's yeah. a
1: good role player. All but. right, so we need a defender, don't you think? We need somebody that like who's the best defender of the last two eras? And just so everyone knows, we do these things very limited prep work. Like we we came into this cold, so we're we just like, to, do we like to have
2: this. We to have a natural discussion. Well, it's better
1: off the top of your head because it's like what do you, what
2: what do you remember? Somewhere somebody is screaming at their like. Uh, car. Oh yeah, like Zach Irvin was shutting somebody. Like maybe he was. I don't Did remember you, it. you remember Xavier Simpson? jeff jackson
1: no we're not taking that he might make the team as a backup point guard we'll see we don't have a backup point guard yet
2: do we have the hunter dickinson discussion yeah
1: i think he's gonna make the team
2: i think he has to especially if you take freshman year hunter dickinson and what he could bring is like the middle he's also seven one we need that exactly. i think it has to be hunter
1: all right i'll take him here then i keep pushing the hard decisions to you
2: it's fine we're doing it together it's our team we're that's co-running true. this. that's
1: true I mean I'm gonna help you out here but yeah eventually we're gonna have to have some hard discussions all right so we have so far Trey Burke Franz Wagner Mo Wagner Sean Day Brown Eli Brooks Hunter Dickinson a uh, lot of size um we could do some shooting
2: man if you had ran out a starting lineup of Trey Burke Eli Franz Mo and Hunter and brought Sean Day in at the six or flip flop he and Eli like that's awesome.
1: I mean, even if you brought him in as their freshman version, I think it's better than our current team. <laughs> <laughs> freshman iteration. Yeah. I mean, freshman Franz and freshman Dickinson were quite good. All right, then Um, let's have it here. Let's jet Howard. There it is. I was going to take him If you didn't, we need shooting. We need somebody that can just get a bucket. He's shooting over 40% from three right now. Like, he's the volume shot taker at Michigan currently. I want him to take more shots. We don't have anything else. Like, this dude is an absolute bucket. There's no way we convince him to stay at Michigan, which upsets me on so many levels. Like, we're going to waste this season of a bucket getter that, like, this is everything we thought or hoped Caleb Houston would be. And we're just going to waste it. Yeah sucks
2: all right names i'm gonna throw out at you uh spike albrecht glenn robinson nick stauskas karis lavert Derek walton mitch mcgarry
1: isaiah livers isaiah livers attracts me more than all of those better shooter um I mean, there's like Charles Charles Matthews was really good on defense. when he he was.
2: Duncan Robinson, uh, Muhammad Ali Abdul-Rahman again. I'm going to go Charles Matthews. I
1: love it. I'm going to go Charles Matthews, a wing that can defend with some size here. I like that. I mean, we've got good size. I mean, the rotation of Wagner and Hunter Dickinson, that's a great rotation. I mean, and we can throw in another big still. So, all right, we got Charles
2: Matthews on there. Uh, Another name, we've already mentioned a lot. We haven't mentioned him yet. Uh, Iggy Brazdakis.
1: Oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm so glad you got this brought up in front of you. Iggy Brazdakis, does he count as a glue guy? Uh, I think he would on a different team. On that team, he was the primary guy. But on any other team, that's a glue guy. He was also the leading scorer on a 30-win team. (laughs) Rest my case. Aces rested <laughs> Iggy Braz is on the team. Oh, the villain aspect of this. We got Mo and Braz on the team. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, I think we need to take Jordan Poole. We can't just yeah. – I mean, that guy coming off your bench. Yeah. Especially, Man, at this point, we're bench players. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to take Jordan Poole. All right, so now
2: Stauskas, McGarry, Albrecht, Irvin. Kate. Stauskas
1: has to make this team, so
2: whether Karis, you take him or I take him. Karis Levert. Derek Walton. Livers. Liver. Oh, I've probably even gotten livers yet. Um man, do we need a backup big? DJ Wilson
1: wouldn't hurt us. Musa Diabate's energy coming off the bench wouldn't kill us. Jordan Morgan is an awesome player that you could just bring in as like a veteran guy that can do a lot of good stuff.
2: What are you saying on John Teske? a lot. I, don't, I don't love John Teskey as a backup.
1: I mean, he'd be our third, but like, it just feels wrong to take him over DJ talent-wise,
2: don't you think? It does talent-wise. You know who also was like an underrated backup even after he lost his job? Austin Davis? Yeah. Austin <laughs> Davis was a tremendous – you know it.
1: Yeah, that's why I said
2: it. <laughs> he was a tremendous backup in that season. What do you average? Yeah, Came in, gave you a
1: solid five and three. Solid. I mean, that's what you want. I mean, this is our third guy here, but also let's not just take a guy because that's what his role is going to be. Like, should not we maximize
2: what we can get here? It's true. It's true.
1: Jordan Morgan or DJ myself
2: for size, but
1: this is your pick.
2: Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Isaiah Livers great pick he's what six nine six Six nine nine, and when he got hurt in that season i believe he was shooting 42 or 43 percent from three
1: super useful like when he goes out the pistons are a different team like he is their glue guy
2: yeah and he was yeah he averaged 13 points a game that season and was just fantastic and i think it was the difference that cost us the ucla game i love that i mean we've got a ton of wings going on this team he shot 43
1: percent from three and he shot five a game (laughs) All right, so I guess I will take another big. I'm going to take Wilson because rotational big.
2: Because that's um, good.
1: I mean, if you put Teske in there, that's a five. Simply Austin Davis has to be the five. Jordan Morgan is the, is the other one here, man. Morgan or DJ Wilson? I would lean Wilson. DJ Wilson it is. I hope recency bias isn't winning out here. If uh, we need to come correct, and someone like brings forth the Jordan Morgan argument, I'm here to listen to it. It's just I was I was pretty new to basketball watching back then.
2: Yeah, it's, there's a lot of people here to consider. You know, certain people like make you know where you stand on Mitch McGary. We did put Karis Lavert on here. Uh, we did we didn't put um, Stauskas on here.
1: Oh my god. See? That's got to be 13. See? That's we- got to be 13.
2: Look up the Stauskas numbers. Yeah, it's got to be Stauskas, right? It's
1: got to be Stauskis as our 13th. I can't believe he's gotten this far.
2: I was just we kept looking for glue guys and it was like I know.
1: You know, like yeah, I think this is that's recency bias in the sense that we're desperate for a glue guy on this Michigan team. So what- we just chose like nine glue guys. It's a hell of a, team. They hell get a of hell of the team. I mean, they are stuck together, brother. This is as glued up
2: as you could get. So uh, we'll review the team that we've got so his, far. Yeah, his last year at Michigan, he averaged 18 a game. Shot forty four percent from three. What are we doing? Yes, yeah, Stauskas
1: got, is on the team. He's got
2: to be the thirteenth. Yeah, he, I can't believe he's the thirteenth. All him. right, yeah, you'll allow a forty four percent three point shooter. We should replace. It should, he should have been in like that Jordan Poole he spot. Should, I'd here. take him over Pool. Yeah, that's yeah. Where let's it
1: take been. him. Let's switch those positions. Like as far as the lineup goes, you're bringing Stauskas out before you're bringing Poole out. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean I'm not trying to be anti-Jordan Poole here, but I just remember Stauskas being better. <laughs> All right. So our lineup as constructed currently are guards Trey Burke, Sean Day Brown, Eli Brooks, and then a bunch of guys that could play guard. Jet Howard, Charles Matthews. Like the versatility. Livers. Jordan Poole. Like you could play Iggy Braz at a two if yeah. you're feeling saucy. <laughs> And uh livers at the two is insane uh but then for forwards we have Franz Wagner mo Wagner hundred uh hundred Dickinson center probably exclusively center yeah uh Charles Matthews play forward Iggy Braz play forward livers and DJ Wilson so really one true stauskus is a forward and stauskus as a forward as well who could also play two yeah. Like, this is an incredibly versatile team. Love that versatility. <laughs> so, Trey Burke, John Beeline, Franz Wagner, Jawan Howard, Mo Wagner, John Beeline, Shonday Brown, Jawan Howard, Eli Brooks, both. Yeah, yeah, uh, Beeline guy, though. Beeline guy. Yeah. Dickinson, Howard. Jet Howard, Howard. Charles Matthews, Beeline. Iggy Braz, Beeline. Jordan Poole, Beeline. Livers, Beeline. So, I mean… Plays out about how you'd expect. Eight uh, eight or nine to four. Right. But, I mean, B-Line has a longer longer tenure here, so a bigger pool to choose from. Still early on, a lot of Howard players represented here. I mean, we went Franz Wagner, two, and then you went, or I went,
2: Sean Day Brown, four, which is early. Yeah i mean that's early glue guys though yeah, yeah we, like, <laughs> we we were so hung up on that because that's what this team doesn't have so like you know what damn it on our team we're gonna have them right and we're gonna draft them fourth <laughs> and like in a redraft like probably
1: stauskas and shawnday brown should be switched oh yeah but like that's just what we currently need at michigan right now so like i like that you and i building this are like how can we make a cohesive unit
2: yeah, it's a it's a fun exercise because we're trying to actually team build. And I wonder if this is the process they go through in the recruiting players because at times with this team it just like there's not a lot of flexibility. Like, you know, Doug is stuck to being a one. Hunter's yeah. stuck to being a five. It has to be. And it's like you can bring Terrace at four, but he's really a five. Right. So it's like there's not a lot of the flexibility. And Jet can't guard anybody outside. Yeah. Like Jets a ne-
1: a nothing on defense. So you play him wherever you're playing him, and then all right. So probably a three is yeah. where he's best. But and I'd play him at a two because he's a nothing.
2: And Jets the player we allow to be a nothing on defense just because he's carrying all the water offensively. Yeah. Like, and like you can't like be
1: uh, if you're doing it on both ends. You're Kawhi Leonard. Like at this level, yeah. it's so hard to have that energy. Like. That's so why you see nights where Hunter Dickinson will go for 35, but then his defensive effort, you're like, what's he doing out there? It's difficult yeah. to bring it on both ends. And like, so I am, this is not a negative Jet Howard thing. Like, he needs to bring it more on defense. No, he's a freshman. He's being asked to be the entire Michigan team right now. I don't remember. Do you remember a freshman that's been asked to do more? Like, Denard you got to go back to quarterback, like Michigan quarterbacks. Like, he's basically being thrust into the
2: quarterback role as a freshman it's it's extremely difficult that's I mean you saw even McCarthy in limited minutes as a freshman not even a starter so it's it's very difficult to do what he's doing he has to do it on both sides of the ball like so that's one thing aspect in college basketball it's a little different than football is we have to do it on both ends So a lot of different things to learn and understand to really be effective on both sides now of the players we drafted which one of them has the biggest impact on the team right now, if you could insert them.
1: I was going to ask that to you. Um, I think it's Trey Burke. I mean, the one we took it's, number one overall. He's a position and need. He's the best player on the list. He's a Naismith winner. So yeah, you add Trey Burke to this team. This team probably has two losses. This is probably yeah, a really good team. Yeah, I think it's
2: a Trey Burke or it's a Franz Wagner. Where, Franz Wagner would be a lot of fun. Because if you unlock Point Franz
1: with this Point team. Franz next to Jet is insane. Oh boy. Uh, Another thing worth mentioning here—I don't want to get too far off of the plot—but the Orlando Magic have two picks next year, and they're both falling around the range where Jet Howard's expected to be drafted. I'm just—and they need movement shooting. Like this is this is all setting up for Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner, Iggy Brazdakis, John Teske, and Jet Howard, and Caleb Houston all to be playing at one place. So we're going to see proof of concept of this. We're going to see exactly like what we're trying to build on the Orlando magic. Like I, I, see it. I see it happening.
2: I love how the magic are building their team. Then just like, you play at Michigan. You're in. Sure. Come on. You, you run point guard. No, you're going to do it now.
1: Well, I mean, that- says something good about like where we're at as a program though that like we're to the point where people are like yeah i trust it. you played at michigan cool i trust it and they're still getting drafted so whatever we have to say about juan howard as a player developmental guy like they still like it at the next level yeah. so he's not like a complete imbecile out there he's obviously <laughs> doing things that people at the next level are recognizing and they're still wanting to draft
2: his players it's going to be interesting to keep watching like uh, player development when they take the jump at the next level, but really slow down at Michigan. I think one of his best wins, honestly, is what Eli Brooks became. Yeah. Because he was slow. I mean, he was big assigned by B but what he became in that last season, how empowered he played, or you look at the Sean Day Brown, that last of the leap he took. So there are some wins for him. He just hasn't had it in the last couple of years. Like Houston and Diabate were both just such big misses in the program. And it's like, you're looking for the next one now and outside of jet, like you see it with Kobe Buffkin in flashes, but it's like, it's like, he doesn't understand he's good at basketball.
1: Yeah, man. We just watched the uh, Penn state game right before we recorded this and Kobe Bufkin is one of the more frustrating guys on the team because you look at him, you're like, oh, yeah, that should be a really good basketball player. But he just it's like the little things. It's like the understanding of the game, which is not anything you can quantify or teach. It's just feel for the game. And it's a general just overall umbrella description. And he doesn't have it right now.
2: No, and it's just a, at times just the confidence, the indecision. Like I said, the feel is the, is the best read I had on it as well. And it's disappointing, man. I really hope this team can find a groove and find an identity like before the end of the year because right now they're just kind of meandering in mediocrity. You don't know who they are and what they can be or what they're going to become. So a lot of questions will be answered here in the next few weeks. All right, we're going to get
1: out of here. But before we go, this was something that uh, we were workshopping a little bit ago. What does it take to be a glue guy? What the hell is a glue guy? Is it like, can you be a bucket getter? If you're a, if you're a glue guy, like you can't be the primary scoring option and still be a glue guy, right? No, but you
2: can be like Vinny Johnson on the old Pistons teams, the microwave. Let's go. Pull the Pistons out of the back pocket. Let's go. I see you. Be the microwave, heat up at the right time. A glue guy is very versatile. Like You can't pin it down what it is, but you know when you see it. So
1: we said Sean Day Brown is a glue guy, but he was a bucket getter. He was a glue guy because he came in and did things that you needed when you needed them. And it's it's more about, so would we say – a glue guy is more about of a feel like how the team plays when they're on the floor. Yes, they's more cohesive when they're on the floor.
2: They fill a role like you could look at a bucket getter like Manu Ginobili. Like they know their role. They come in the That's game, great. they Bulls. thanks man. They could like they could be a star but it's like they come on here and they fill their role and they do it fine. Um Stephen Adams on the Grizzlies, excellent glue guy because he is the muscle to a lot of like everything else on that team and he fills his role perfectly and i think that's the kind of guy that keeps the team together
1: yeah so we mentioned like jordan morgan as a bigger guy that could be a glue guy you can be a glue guy at any position it's about like your ability to do the little things and play winning basketball i think is what it is glue
2: keeps the team together and it's whatever the team if the team needs buckets they need buckets they need something else you can provide that I like it.
1: Sir, this was a lot of fun. Recording in person is an absolute treat. Let's let's it's just be real. Yeah, it's the absolute best. We've got a fun, fun couple of weeks here. A lot of changes that are coming up that I'm not going to broadcast yet because they aren't official. You'll know them when we know them, but we definitely do have our foray into video, and our Academy Awards slash Season Awards podcast, followed up by the spring draft, which is insane.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah. We were uh, revisiting some old drafts. I have a doc of all of them dating back to 2018, and just looking at some of our hits, and even more hilariously, some of our misses. Oh, yeah. He went big on Nolan you went? They're going to the next year. <laughs>
1: I was like, maybe not last year, but this year.
2: You know, it hasn't worked for anybody. Maybe it could might work, for- <laughs>
1: work for us. That's what I thought. Big Nolan Eulisio guy. Yeah, that's always one of my favorites. Uh, also, I would love to do another uh, GM mock draft. That was a lot of fun, too. Maybe, oh, yeah. bring, maybe bring in a third or fourth GM, too. Mix it up, throw in some trades I'll in I'll volunteer Kellen right here and there. Kellen, you've been volunteered. He has no idea. Yeah, we sign him up for stuff. <laughs> like- it's like, Kellen, you paying attention? You listening? You're penciled in. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us here on Out of the Blue. Make sure you like, share, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever. Make sure you like us and follow us on Twitter at Mason Brew. I'm Jared. That's Andy. This is Out of the Blue. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue.